0: We need to make sure that we are not misinforming, passing down values and beliefs that are not working in our society will just stop us, will just create issues with the people that we love the most. Urban Jungle brings stories from people around the globe that design and build a better world. I am Magda Flores and this is Urban Jungle. Welcome. Did you know that where we live and how we interact affects our well-being? Yet, when we talk about well-being, we tend to talk about me. Well-being is about we, the community and the environment we live in. It is time to shift the paradigm from me to we check out the Urban Wellbeing Training courses developed in partnership with the UK's Chartered Institute of Water and Environmental Management at www.ciwem.org. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about no to patriarchy, yes to equality. But first, I'm going to tell you about the other day. I was actually swimming in open sea with six friends, and of course, There's always someone that swims much faster. This was Carla. She swam past very, very quickly. She seemed to be enjoying herself quite a lot. And Peter, who is also a very good swimmer, he's a swimming coach, he stopped, waited for everyone to regroup. And he asked me, Magda, who is that person that swam so very fast? And I said, well, that's Carla. And Peter said, no, no, you know, it cannot be. If it is Carla, she must be wearing really big fins. She has half fins, so very small ones. But Peter was very confused because he couldn't accept, he couldn't believe that Carla would be swimming so fast. So I said, well, perhaps the student surpassed the teacher. And he was shaking his head, not being able to accept that Carla was actually pretty fast. And in my mind, it makes sense. You know, she has recently finished her fourth marathon. She's super athletic. She walks all the time and does an awful lot of exercise, including yoga. We had a great time. We were relaxing out of the water. And I acknowledged and said to Carla, wow, that was superb swimming. And mentioned that Peter wasn't that happy. And I mentioned the little question incident. Carla did say that it is normal that Peter gets angry. Because it's down to expectation, it's down to patriarchy. And I asked around in the swimming group and I found out that people really were not aware how to identify a patriarchy behaviour. How do we actually work that out? So cultural norms and expectations is sometimes what gets in the way. Why? Because with patriarchal norms, we have those deeply ingrained through our lives, they are cultural practices and traditions that dictate how people should behave. They dictate that people that identify themselves as women may have to behave subservient and have a certain appearance and social roles, and these would limit their agency. And if you remember, a few months ago, I interviewed Vanessa Mariscal. Vanessa, she studied, became a mom, and one day realized that baby was no longer a baby. So she was then looking for a job and her ex-husband, a marketing executive, would encourage her to not worry, to look after the girl. And of course she did. So Vanessa mentioned that she wanted a, a job and the ex-husband insisted that she needed a degree because she basically finished her degree very quickly and had her baby. What did she want to do? Vanessa chose to move from communications to marketing and therefore thought, yeah, it's not a bad idea to do the degree. So she sits the degree. And then she said, OK, I'm ready. I'm going to go into marketing. And again, there are lots of excuses about looking after the daughter. Then the girl became a teenager. Eventually, they get divorced and she gets a job. The daughter, by this point, is 18. And she says, yeah, you're a grown woman. You now go to uni. I get a job. And she thoroughly enjoys the job, but then realizes that all the way through their marriage, he was basically minimizing her options, or she allowed this to happen. Patriarchy in this respect means that it is restricting the gender role. And that's because of expectations and stereotypes. And it actually limits individual choices. In this structure, people believe that the role of the man is to be the breadwinner and the woman role is the caretaker or the person that identifies as a woman has a role of a caretaker. And it, of course, reinforces the inequalities and limits the individual's autonomy. But the problem being, say a woman wants to work and she has a right to work and not working has a huge emotional and financial impact. So we think, OK, well, maybe that happens in Mexico, you know, but it is not just in Mexico. For example, I can tell you that I set up a consultancy on data analysis in the telecom sector my British in-laws found my decision unacceptable. The family-in-law felt entitled to intervene and their intervention knocked me back by 10 years. In a typical patriarchy, men joined forces and in this case, they did uh, happen to be behind my back. And the interesting thing also is that the women were the ones that actually supported patriarchy. It also means that there are women that don't want to see other women fulfill their dreams. Or perhaps patriarchy dehumanizes people. Or perhaps they simply don't understand when someone has a purpose different to theirs. Well, perhaps it's just that the drama and behaviors we see on the royal seep through society, or maybe it is just that all societies have these kinds of drama. On a different side to patriarchy, I had a chat with filmmaker S.J. Cooper-White. And S.J. is an award-winner filmmaker in the UK, and she also develops courses in a remote island in Scotland, specifically for groups of women so that they feel safe. It is hard-hitting to realise that women, when filming, feel vulnerable. Imagine you are trying to film wildlife, and at the same time, you are keeping an eye out to avoid being attacked by a work colleague or a passerby. And S.J. has actually defined these courses in a safe setting because clearly there's a requirement for this. It's a very interesting podcast that's number 50 called Nature Filming for Happiness. And the reason that it is Nature Filming for Happiness is because S.J. Cooper White shares experience of a health issue and how by watching her films, it helps her recover. Keep an eye out for that one. On the other side of the scale, I talked to Huweda Aydaros. And she helps women in Yemen particularly, where there is gender-based violence in refugee camps. And Huweda worked for various international organizations like UNICEF, United Nations, and the Red Cross. And these sexual assault and harassment and trying to make sure that the gender-based violence is reduced It's something quite deeply ingrained in the Yemen culture um, in this particularly vulnerable setting. So if you want to know more, that's podcast 46. But there should not be this perpetuation of control and dominance of men over women. And, you know, going on to something that we know about and perhaps many of us have experienced is more in terms of the gender pay gap and how it is being addressed. Organizations have tried, and I myself have tried to address this where I have worked. But I have noticed, and I don't know about you, but in the last 20 years, there are a few more women board directors. But in the last couple of years, this seems to have gone down. So hopefully it's as a result of the pandemic and now slowly we get more women in leadership roles. I would still like to see many more Representing women in politics in various different levels of government and of course in management, I'm still a little disappointed that I don't see more. but perhaps it's certain sectors. I've been in a few sectors, and uh, wherever I look, I keep an eye out. No I'm not yet satisfied, but you know perhaps some some people out there are. Women continue to earn less definitely than men, for performing the same work. This pay gap is a reflection of systemic gender inequality and the devaluation of women's labour in patriarchal societies. So let's let's hope that higher levels of decision-making truly includes women and these barriers and biases are actually reducing. One other big area where we see men's dominance, and this is a A very interesting question. What about reproductive rights? Is it the mother right or is it the fetus, they're not yet born? Uh, What if it is a medical emergency or the result of rape? Now, many of us are very clear in our stand, but irrespective of what one may think, men's bodies do not experience death by childbirth issues or do not experience having to even consider an abortion so therefore, the decision should be on women. At the end of the day, throughout history, we know that women have always found a way of having an abortion. The point being, do we want it to be a safe procedure or an no unsafe safe procedure? Because it's going to happen. The political and legal systems have taken a long time to catch up. But generically speaking, in Europe, abortion is legally allowed up to 12 weeks, and in the UK, up to 24 weeks of gestation. Since 2021, abortion is no longer a crime in Mexico, although how legal it is, it varies by state. In 2022, Colombia, abortion request was legalized to the 24th week of pregnancy. But interestingly, in May 2023, so a few days ago, the state of Nebraska, USA, approved the 12-week abortion ban. And the State House approved the six-week abortion ban in South Carolina. This is an incredible shift. It is a shift in political power. And it is amazing that this political power can lead to changes in policies and legislation related to women's reproductive rights. Women's reproductive rights are purely driven by male power, by patriarchy, And here I'm talking about men and women and all the genders that support patriarchy. So this is of all supporters of patriarchy, which is interesting to find women that are really supportive of patriarchy, loyal soldiers of patriarchy. How can we identify the main characteristics of patriarchy? Well, it is male dominance, male identification. They are male-centered, and there is an obsession with control and entitlement. Obsession with control goes as far as Republicans controlling reproductive rights in the US. Mm, Okay, so where does male-centeredness, male dominance and obsession with control comes from? Um, Taking it down to a normal day. We are standing in the queue to buy a coffee, wherever you want, uh, Starbucks or an independent coffee supplier. If we are waiting on the queue, You're standing next to a man. If we were to ask this person, do you believe women are less? What do you think the response is going to be? Of course, asking with a smile in a nice way. Of course, they would say women are equal. If we ask, do you believe in equality? Of course, a general person will say, yes, I believe in equality. However, if we ask couples and we asked, What's happened when the wife has a conversation and she says, I'm getting a new job, like Vanessa? Will the man really be supportive of that job? Will the man always be supportive of a woman developing her professionalism and bouncing off an idea? Will you man, you who identify as a man, would you be supportive? And if you are absolutely amazing, that's great. But I have noticed Many of my friends, they believe in equality. They say they would support their wife. Of course they would. Of course they would be happy for the wife to earn more. But when it comes down to it, they don't. When we go to certain places, perhaps like Cleveland, UK, the crime capital of England, um, I don't think a woman has the same opportunities and is not as safe as a woman somewhere else. We were saying patriarchy is about male dominance and obsession with control and the entitlement. To answer the question where does that come from? It comes from home, from what the children learn from the interactions between their mom and dad. Yes, mums, women, women teachers, these soldiers of patriarchy that appear in different places. Because What a child perceives from the interactions between teachers and pupils sets also their understanding of how society works. Children spend an awful long time at school from the age of 4 to 16 or 18, depending on what they do thereafter. This is at least 12 years, 12 years of education, and we see such inequality still out there today. So the question is, what are we doing as teachers, parents, society, because Whatever we're doing, it is clear that it is not quite right. And when I mention teachers, yes, it is at school, but it is also the parents. Or is it just the socialization? Is it that early in our lives with parents, family, friends, teachers, as well as social media, all that contributes to the development of beliefs and values? And this perpetuates gender inequality. Peter, the swimming coach that I mentioned earlier, believes that women are inferior at swimming than men. And when he faces a woman that is better, he can simply not accept it because it is not part of his social system. But then what happens when this is mixed with skin color or class? Can we accept that a dark person, that a Latina, for example, based on performance can do better than a white English speaking man? Because then this is, of course, a different level. I'll tell you about the conversation I had with José Rodríguez, an American based in San Diego, California, who supports the light-fit runners of the Sierra in Mexico, the Raramuris. The Raramuris run ultra-marathons wearing sandals made out of car tires and leather, and they run wearing their skirts or traditional clothes. As you know, when the Raramuris first ran in the U.S., the white Americans could not cope. How could these dark people with no English and no training could outrun them? Now is that totally classist or is that totally racist? Now by the way, the Raramuris run for the prize money, which they share with their communities to purchase grain. They run selflessly. If you want to know more, go to podcast forty four. That one is in English, or if you want to practice your Spanish, it's in podcast 43. José Rodríguez has Rarámuri heritage. And at school, when he was told that indigenous people do not have a soul, he reacted. If you want to hear more, go to that podcast that I mentioned earlier. In this case, the teacher may have misinformed the whole group, but she did not manage to misinform José Rodríguez, who knows that the Rarámuri people are highly spiritual. So class and race are intertwined with patriarchy. What happens in today's world? As we know, we're going through a technology revolution, right? At this moment in time, where people develop algorithms for, you name it, artificial intelligence, machine learning, or digital twins. Basically, we are in a world where technology is based on abstract thinking to develop these algorithms, where people, irrespective of their gender, develop algorithms, a world where jobs are changing. Individuals now have the option and have had for many years, but more individuals can work from home. So, for example, Cristina Savian, she talks about the virtual world where we work and gives us an awful lot of information about how she has worked from home online for over a decade. If you want to know more, check out episode 16 and Jacob Ochoki talks to us about Digital Twins, episode 12, where you can hear about how people bring together algorithms to provide a duplicate of anything, be it the design of a mobile phone to an algorithm that actually optimizes the design of a potable water system, improve the operation and reduce water leakage. What does it mean? That one can poke various different variables, change them in the system, and when it is done, then... It is easier to not mess up with reality and have best use of the resource. What is happening is that this patriarchy class and race no longer serves today highly tech society. And we need to dismantle patriarchy. But how do we do that? Well, we promote gender equality. We challenge the gender social norms and stereotypes. We advocate for everyone's rights, or people that identify as women, and we create more inclusive and equitable systems and structures that recognise and respect the rights and dignity of all individuals, regardless of their gender, race, or class. Can we teach that equality? Well, according to many Greek philosophers... They believe that values and beliefs can be taught because they saw education as a means of imparting knowledge and shaping individuals' beliefs and values. So, for example, Socrates, he believed that the role of the teacher was to help students discover the truth through questioning and dialogue. He believed that individuals could be taught to think critically. Plato, another great philosopher. He believed that education was essential for the development of virtuous individuals and a just society. He saw the education system as a means of shaping individuals' beliefs and values. And Aristotle, he believed that the education played a critical role, that good habits and virtues could be developed through practice and repetitions. But all of them thought that the crucial role in shaping individuals' beliefs and values was their critical thinking skills, and to discover the truth for themselves. And with the social media that we obtain from various different sources, and the communication that we have with the people that surround us, can we actually say that we think critically? Because what we would need to do is active listening, okay, truly listening, truly comprehending. So How can we comprehend? To comprehend means that we objectively analyze information. We gather information from many sources, not just one, not just our favorite news group, but also different ones, even ones that we would not normally agree. And then we evaluate the arguments and we form well-reasoned judgments or conclusions. So, how do we cultivate? This critical thinking, because, you know, find out sometimes you say something and you can actually realize that people are not taking it all in and that the critical thinking skills are not there. So we can ask thoughtful questions, begin by questioning the information that is presented to us. Is this really true? And try it with any news, because sometimes the news that are presented to us are not quite right. Right or through Twitter, through Facebook, or through any of the newspapers, whether it's online or physical prints. How is it supported by the evidence? And can we challenge the claims? We make sure that we find multiple perspectives and we can actually consider different sources and opinions. And once we have all that and discuss it with different people, we need to develop the ability to think about it, because to be honest, I am sure that if someone had gone back to Vanessa's ex-husband and said, "Are you sure you think that it is not right for a woman to work?" probably after a little a little thought and debate, might have said, "Hmm, yeah, yes, probably she'll be a happier, better person if she does what she wants to do." So we need to analyze the assumption. And now that we have people thinking through such technology, well, surely they can also critically think through personal issues as well and consider the counter-arguments and apply logic. I think logic and reasoning is not common and we can reflect, not judge And then rather than rushing to a conclusion, because if we rush to a conclusion, we're not using our critical brain. We're just jumping to use our assumptions, everything that we learned as children, which is not precisely something that we have developed further. So we need to be open-minded, try to understand and try to communicate and debate. Only then, can we practice and learn? If we don't practice and learn ourselves, we are not helping our kids think critically. If we then are teaching at a school, we are not teaching the youngsters to think critically. Remember, critical thinking is an ongoing process and requires effort and discipline. We need to actively question, analyse and evaluate the information to be able to have the ability to think to have the ability to make well-informed judgments. Why? Why would we do this? Well, we are all teachers and learners. We are all influencers one way or another, at least within our circle of friends, circle at work. We have to give ourselves permission not just to learn, but to analyze, to evaluate, and to think critically. Because we need to make sure that we are not misinforming i think misinformation and passing down values that are no longer acceptable to our society or that are not helping our society and our communities are not just out of fashion will stop us will create issues with the people that we love the most We are learners and we are teachers at the same time. We can break barriers and open minds. This is an invite to think critically. Thanks. This is Urban Jungle with your host, Magda Flores. Thanks for joining. And if there is a topic or people you would like to hear from, all you have to do is drop me a line. My email address is urbanwsolutions at gmail.com. Urban environments need your help be part of the solution. Check out our training courses on urban well-being developed in partnership with Siwem, the UK's chartered Institute of Water and Environmental Management, at www.siwem.org.